Travels that don't trip on the usual with Beyond a Travel is a show where people with wanderlust share a detailed account of their travels, talking about their experiences, memories, unforgettable moments and more. Welcome, my name is Rashmi and I have with me Anand today. Hi Anand. Hi Rashmi. It's a pleasure to be back on the Don't Trip on the Usual Travel Podcast from Beyond the Experiences. So let's talk about the Himalayas today. Of course. Which place in the Himalayas would you like to speak about? Tell me some place in Himalaya which is interesting and is for everyone. For everyone and interesting... Look, I find the Himalayas to be interesting across it. And the Himalayas really stretches across the entire northern part of India, which is a lot of space. And therefore, a lot of places. I love that place. But if you were to say... Okay, let's talk about Chota. Himalayan haven, so to say, for all interests. Whatever be your interest, it's got something in it for you. And it's very easy to get to. So, let's do Chota. It's called the mini Switzerland of India. It's a very small region of green meadows here, at a height of like some 2,500 meters above sea level. Midst of an evergreen forest, uh, the Kedarnath Wildlife Sanctuary that's there, and it's in the middle of the Himalayas. So it's surrounded by snow-clad mountains, the views are stunning absolutely. I mean, you, you name the peak, you can see it from there. Okay, not all, but some of the more famous ones, like the Trishul, the Nanda Devi, the Chokhamba, very, very visible from here. And best of all, you know, it's not as crowded. The people who come here come for peace and quiet. And that you get in plenty. It's a village that's surrounded by forest, for God's sake. And it's very easy to get to. Let's talk about that. So you said it appeals to everyone. Let's say somebody's with a religious bent of mind. What would be very interesting or exciting for them? Religious significance of Chokta essentially comes from the fact that it's surrounded by the Panch Kedars. Panch Kedas are the most significant uh, religious abodes of uh, Lord Shiva. Panch Kedar uh, in Hindi means five Kedars. And Kedar is another name for Lord Shiva. These are the five Kedars. Kedarnath, Madhya Maheshwar, Rudranath, Kalpeshwar and uh, Tumnath. Kedarnath and Madhya Maheshwar are on one side of Chokta. Rudranath and Kalpeshwar are on the other side. And at the top of Chokta is Tumnath. This is why Chokta assumes so much religious significance and positive energy, of course. Yeah, I presume you know about the Panch Kedas, right? Uh, the story and the legend behind it, etc. Yes, I have heard a little about Panch Kedar, but I would love to know more details, actually. Like I told you, the Panch Kedas are the most important temples to pray at for uh, devotees of Lord Shiva. They are all in the Garhwal Himalayan region of Uttarakhand. The belief is that these were built by the Pandavas after the Mahabharata war. That's like long, long time in the past, in the BCE, many years before. Then Adi Shankara, the first uh, Shankaracharya in Hinduism, he came in and he supervised the renovation of the Panchkeda temples. This was about 12 centuries ago. The main temple out of these five, the Panchkedars, is Kedarnath, which is also one of the 12 holy Jyotirlingas of uh, Lord Shiva. The next in order of importance are Tumunath, Rodhranath, Madhimaheshwar, and Kalpeshwar. By the way, Madhimaheshwar is also called Madhimaheshwar uh, in the region. Now, this order of visiting the Panchkedar shrines is strictly followed by the devotees. 
Of course, some folks also believe that the pilgrimage of the Panchkedar starts at the Pashupatinath Temple in Kathmandu in Nepal, which is all part of the same region at one point in time before uh, you know boundaries came into existence. So after Pashupatinath, then the rest in the same order that I mentioned uh, just now. There are many legends and stories regarding the sanctity of the pilgrimage, the Panchkedar pilgrimage. One of them uh, has to do with the story of how these shrines came about and why the Pandavas built these shrines here. You have heard about the Mahabharata war, right? Where two sets of cousins fought against each other for the kingdom. These were the Pandavas and the Kauravas. The Pandavas finally emerged victorious. All the Kauravas were killed or most of them were killed. A lot of life was lost. This mass killing was a huge sin. So the Pandavas wanted to atone. They reached out to Lord Shiva, who used to live in Varanasi and still lives in Varanasi is the belief. But Lord Shiva apparently was quite upset at the war. He kind of didn't like the bloodshed that happened, etc. He went missing. He took the form of Nandi, his bull, and hid somewhere in the Garhwal region. The Pandavas being the Pandavas chased him down. Bhima, one of the Pandavas, found him disguised as a bull in a place called Guptagashi. Okay, at that time it was not called Guptagashi. Once they found him, the place was named Guptagashi, the place where he was found. In Hindi, it means hidden Kashi, referring to the fact that Lord Shiva was hiding there, so it was his Kashi in hiding. Bhima chased and caught the bull by its tail and hind legs, and the bull disappeared into the ground. This bull, or Shiva really, as a bull, then reappeared in parts throughout the earth. The hump on its back came up in Kedarnath. The four legs, or the arms of Shiva really, came up in Tungnath. The navel and the midriff appeared in Madhmaishwar and the face appeared in Rudranath. Finally, the hair and the head appeared in Kalpeshwar. This is how Lord Shiva is believed to have shown his entire self to the Pandavas in five different places. That's why the Pandavas then built temples at these five places for worshipping Shiva. These then became the Panchkedas for the faithful to pray to Lord Shiva. It's interesting by the way, that after building the Panchkedar temples, the Pandavas meditated at Kedarnath and then used the Mahapath, the what they call the Swargarogini, to attain heaven or moksha. But that's another story. So is Chokta mentioned in epics like Mahabharata and Ramayana? Yes, the region is mentioned. Uh, Chokta is not mentioned by name, but the region is mentioned like I just told you in the Mahabharata about Bhima finding them there and then building. It's also mentioned in the Ramayana, this region. Sri Rama is supposed to have uh, meditated at Tungnath and the Chandrashila peak. Ravana, his main adversary, the Asura king of Lanka, was also Shiva Bhakt and he is supposed to have meditated on Lord Shiva at, at a place called Ravanashila, that's near the Chandrashila peak and you can still go to visit the place. Okay, it looks like there's a lot of spirituality out there. However, if somebody's an adventure seeker, what is it in Chopta for the adventure seekers? Oh, lots. Lots of adrenaline rush activities, so to say. There's camping, there's trekking, there's a bit of skiing, there's rock climbing, rappelling, photography, take your picking. Chokta is the base for many, many treks. Some of them are tough, some are easy, some are moderate. The most popular one is the Tungnath and Chandrashila peak trek. Tungnath, I told you, is one of the Panchkedas. It's the highest Lord Shiva temple in the world, by the way. About four kilometers away and about three and a half thousand meters above sea level. The Chandrashila peak is less than two kilometers from Tungnath temple. About 4,000 meters above sea level, that is. Now, don't be misled by the short distance. The walk-up is quite steep. But though I'd still rate it as an easy trek, it should take you more than six hours. This is a place where you must remember to stop and stare, as the poet once said. 
Very easy, fulfilling, absolutely beautiful trek. There's another trek to the Devriya Tal. That's also a popular one. Devriya Tal is a Himalayan lake. It's surrounded by forests on all sides and quite a beauty it is. Very easy trek, suitable even for kids. And there are many more treks. Some are to the Panchkedar, Zrudranath, Madhmaheshwar, or the scenic Kharki Dun Valley, Valley of Flowers, or the Daira Bugyal Trek. And more, yeah, there are lots. The Kedar Kanta Trek, Kwari Pass, Satopan, Thrupil Pass, Bali Pass, Dodi Tal, so many of them. You take your pick. Choose your difficulty level of trek that you want. Choose the difficulty level of activity that you want. And you have enough options out there for adrenaline brushes. So is Chokta a place that offers a lot for poetry lovers, nature lovers, or people looking for a quiet romantic holiday? Of course. This is a place meant for those with romance on their minds and hearts. Rolling meadows, fabulous views, long walks, forests, waterfalls, silence, peace and serenity, solitude, good food, great weather. What else do you need as a setting for romance? And if it's peace that you seek, it doesn't get any better than this. Lush forests and mountains, very languid, unhurried pace of life in the lap of Himalayan nature. It's not yet been discovered by too many tourists and as of now, therefore, Chokta affords a distance from the madding crowds, quite a bit of a distance. And nature is in every aspect. This is the land of the gods, it's Dev Bhumi, remember. Mountains, rivers, forests, meadows, birds, animals, you name it, Chokta has it here. Dense forests, so lots of birds, lots of animals, quite a birding enthusiast paradise. I'm not, but I met quite a few people out there who would come in specifically for the birds. And to this, you add the many lakes like the Devriya Tal, the many Bugyals. Bugyals, by the way, are highland grasslands. Uh, there are lots of waterfalls like the Atrimuni Falls and the, and of course, there are many Himalayan peaks like the Tumnath and Chandrashila. The fabulous, absolutely fantastic panoramic views of the Himalayan range, including some of the most famous peaks, the Meru, the Sumeru, the Chokamba, the Nilkantha, the Nanda Devi. It's nature all over. So... Romance, nature, peace, serenity, this is it. And how about snowfall? Can one experience snowfall here? Snow, yes, of course. Tumnata and Chandrashila are snow covered during winter. So just head during winter out there, which is uh, October, November uh, up until February. And accessibility is not an issue at all, so you can easily get there summer or winter. See, Chokta is an all year destination. April to November, you can get there for trekking, temple visits, or just to chill. And in winter, you can get there for the snow. What kind of food and drinks are available in this place? Ah, the food and drink. You get all the regular staples here, but do try and eat the local food and try out the drinks. I must mention some of the things that I tried. One of them was roti, which is flatbread, made of mandua. Mandua is ragi flour. You typically have it with a curry of sole. Sole are the amaranth leaves. Uh, there's another curry of what they call lingda. Lingda is a fiddlehead fern. The taste is absolutely out of the world, I kid you not. Especially since the only flavoring that they use is salt. There's nothing else. You must try it. It itself is an adventure. A rewarding one, if I may say so. Of course, you also get the regular, the rajma, which is red kidney beans or potato curry and so on. The most interesting drink for me was buranch juice. It's made of rhododendron, for God's sake. This is the state flower of Uttarakhand. You get it only in this region. Try it. It's extremely tasty, very sweet. And just as a salve to your conscience, it's reputed to be extremely nutritious, good for the heart and stuff. I don't know about that, but just try it for the taste. It's fabulous, out of the world. And this place sounds interesting. But tell me, where exactly is it in the Himalayas? 
and then how does one reach Chokta? Chokta is in the Himalayan region of North India in uh, Uttarakhand state, Rudraprayag district to be precise. It's about what 500 kilometers from Delhi and about 150-160 kilometers from uh, Rishikesh. The nearest town is Ukhimat, that's about 30 kilometers from there. If you're coming by road, the best way to come in is from Rishikesh. There are two routes to reach Chokta from Rishikesh. You see, Chokta is on the road connecting the towns of Gopeshwar and Guptakashi. So from Rishikesh, you could come uh, via Rudraprayag, Kund and Ukhimat or Rudraprayag, Karnaprayag, Chamoli and then Gopeshwar and then Chokta. If you want to fly, then the nearest airport is Jolly Grand Airport. It's about 220 or kilometers from Chokta. Enough taxis from the airport. So, I mean, you step out and you have enough taxis to bring you here. And uh, there are very regular flight connections from Delhi to Jolly Grand Airport. If you're coming by train, then the nearest railway station is Hardwar and then Rishikesh. About 200 kilometers from Chokta. Again, lots of taxis and bus options available from Rishikesh. As I told you, accessibility to Chokta, absolutely no problem summer or winter. So that was Anil talking to us about Chokta, one part of the Himalayas. Nazi says it's a vast experience. There are too many things to do. Today was all about Chokta. So keep listening to the Don't Trip on the Usual podcast. Till then, stay safe and do whatever you want to do, but don't trip on the usual. Mm-hmm.